بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Last week we spoke about the tragedy of Bi'r Ma'una where 70 of the companions of the Prophet were killed. And the only survivor was Amr ibn Umayyah al-Dhamri who was taken prisoner by Amr ibn al-Tufayl. But then Amr ibn al-Tufayl, he released Amr ibn Umayyah al-Dhamri to fulfill a vow that his mother had taken previously that she would free a person from the tribe of Bani Dumra. And Amr ibn Umayyah al-Dhamri was from this tribe. So Amr ibn al-Tufayl, he freed him in order to fulfill the vow of his mother. So after Amr ibn Umayyah was released, on his way back to Medina, he crossed paths with two men who were from the same tribe that had ambushed and killed those Muslims. So Amr ibn Umayyah, he killed these two men, thinking that it was justified as a retaliation for what that tribe had done to the Muslims. But what Amr ibn Umayyah didn't know was that the Prophet ﷺ had given these men a promise of safety. And Amr, he didn't know this. So when Amr ibn Umayyah killed these two men, it was a mistake. He did it without realizing that these men had been given protection by the Prophet ﷺ. So when news of this mistake of Amr ibn Umayyah reached the Prophet ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ started to make arrangements to pay the diya or the blood money to the families of these men who had been killed. When someone is killed accidentally, then the diya is paid to the families or the blood money is paid to the families of the deceased. So the Prophet ﷺ, he started to make arrangements for this blood money to be paid to the families of these two men who were killed mistakenly by Amr ibn Umayyah. Now, from the agreements that the Prophet ﷺ had made with the Jews of Medina was that if a blood money ever had to be paid if a Muslim ever killed someone mistakenly and blood money had to be paid for that that the Jews of Medina they also had to contribute to that blood money and the Jews they were under this treaty from the Prophet that the Prophet would not fight them and they would not fight him and to have this protection of the Prophet the Jews had to agree to some terms and some conditions. And one of these conditions was that if the Muslims ever had to pay blood money for mistakenly killing someone, that the Jews had to contribute a share in that as well. So the Prophet he went along with Abu Bakr and Umar and Ali and some of his other companions. They went to the dwelling places of Banu Nadir. Banu Nadir was one of the tribes of Jews that lived in Al-Madinah. And if you remember from the previous lessons, 
Medina was inhabited by three tribes of Jews. When the Prophet ﷺ came to Medina, it was inhabited by three tribes of Jews, along with the Arab tribes of Aus and Khazraj. So these three tribes of Jews were Banu Qaynuqa', Banu Nadir, and Banu Quraidha. And we spoke previously about how Banu Qaynuqa', they were exiled from Al Medina. So now there were only two tribes of Jews remaining in Al Medina Banu Nadir and Banu Quraidha. So the Prophet وسلم, along with Abu Bakr and Umar and Ali and some companions, they went to the dwelling places of Banu Nadir to ask them to give their contribution or their share of the diyah for these two men who had been killed by Amr ibn Umayyah. So when the Prophet وسلم, reached the dwelling places of Banu Nadir, they received him and they asked him what he was here for and the Prophet ﷺ explained to them that he was here to collect uh, a portion of the diyah to pay for the families of these two men who had been killed mistakenly by Amr ibn Umayyah. So the Prophet ﷺ explained it to them. And these Jews of Banu Nadir, they said, of course, we are ready to pay whatever we need to pay. No problem. And they told the Prophet ﷺ and his companions just to wait for a little while and they would go inside and they would come back with the arrangements for their portion of that blood money. So they told the Prophet ﷺ and his companions to sit by uh, one of the dwellings, to sit by a wall of one of the dwellings. So the Prophet ﷺ and his companions, they sat by that wall while they waited for these Jews of Banu Nadir to make these arrangements. So when the Jews went inside, they spoke among themselves and they said to each other, look, he is here. Muhammad is here. He doesn't have any weapons. He doesn't have any tight security. If we are ever going to get an opportunity to kill Muhammad, this is our best opportunity. He's here and he's not expecting anything and he doesn't have any weapons and he doesn't have heavy security bodyguards or anything this is our chance to actually kill Muhammad so they thought about this evil plot to assassinate the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so they talked among themselves and they asked amongst themselves okay who is going to climb the roof of that dwelling where Muhammad is sitting by that wall who is going to climb the roof of that dwelling and take this rock and drop it on the head of Muhammad and kill him. This was their plot. So they asked amongst each other who is ready to carry out this task. So one of them by the name of Amr ibn Jahash, he volunteered to commit this evil act. He volunteered to actually climb the roof and drop the stone on the head of the Prophet So he started to climb up the roof and he was ready to carry out this assassination attempt on the life of the Prophet ﷺ. But before he could do it, Jibreel ﷺ, he came and he informed the Prophet ﷺ about what was happening, that these guys are trying to assassinate you. So when the Prophet ﷺ received this news from Jibreel ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ quickly got up from his place and he left. And when the companions who were with him saw him leaving, they left along with him too. They didn't know what's going on. 
Because the Jews just had told them, okay, wait here and we're going to make your arrangements for you and we're going to give you our portion of the blood money. So they were waiting for that. And then suddenly the Prophet ﷺ just gets up and he leaves. So the companions, they left with him, but they were confused, like what is going on here? So on the way back, the Prophet ﷺ informed his companions of what had happened. He informed his companions that Jibreel ﷺ had come to him and told him that these Jews of Banu Nadir, they were planning to actually assassinate the Prophet ﷺ. So the Prophet ﷺ, he sent one of his companions, Muhammad ibn Maslamah He sent him as a messenger to Banu Nadir and the message said that you have 10 days to leave Medina. I'm giving you a chance to leave Medina without any fighting. You have 10 days to leave Medina. And if you don't leave within this time period, then the Muslim army will fight you. Because this attempt to assassinate the Prophet ﷺ, that means they had broken their treaty with the Prophet ﷺ. They had betrayed the trust that the Prophet ﷺ had given them. They had betrayed that treaty. So the Prophet ﷺ said, because of your betrayal of the treaty, because of this assassination attempt, which is a betrayal of the treaty, you have 10 days now to leave Medina, to be exiled from Medina. And if you don't leave within these 10 days, the Muslim army will fight you. So now these Jews of Banu Nadir, they thought, okay, we have no choice here. We have to leave. And they were preparing themselves and they were getting ready to actually leave Medina under these orders from the Prophet ﷺ. But then, Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul, he was the head of the Munafiqeen. And when the Jews of Banu Nadir were ready to surrender, Abdullah ibn Ubay, he said to them, why are you surrendering? You don't need to surrender. You will be able to resist the Muslim army. You can fight them. And we will help you. Abdullah ibn Ubay offered his own men as assistance to the Jews of Banu Nadir against the Muslims. He said, I have my men and they are ready to fight with you. If it ever comes to fighting, my men will fight on your side. We are with you 100%. So Abdullah ibn Ubay, the head of the Munafiqeen, he gave these Jews of Banu Nadir these false promises of help and support. So now, the leaders of Banu Nadir who were just ready to surrender and go, now they were having second thoughts. They were saying, okay, if this guy really is going to help us as he's promising us, then we will be able to withstand the Muslim army will be able to fight them. So their confidence was restored now. And they changed their mind about surrendering. So Huyay ibn Akhtab, who was the leader of Banu Nadir, he said to the Prophet ﷺ, Inna lan nakhruja min diyarina, fasna' ma badalak. So Huyay ibn Akhtab, the leader of Banu Nadir, he said to the Prophet ﷺ and to the Muslims, he said, we are not going to leave our houses. We are not going to leave our dwellings. So do whatever you want to do with us. And then when the Prophet ﷺ heard this, he made takbir. He said, Allahu Akbar. And the Muslims, they also said, Allahu Akbar. Okay, if this is how you want to do it, we are ready. So the Prophet ﷺ prepared his army and he gave the flag to Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu. The Jews of Banu Nadir, they went inside their dwellings and they had 
a huge fortress, a protected fortress. So they went inside that fortress. And they actually started shooting arrows at the Muslims. And the Jews, being inside their fortress, they had a strategic advantage shooting their arrows from above. And there were these palm trees all around the area. And that made it difficult for the Muslims to have a strategic advantage with all those palm trees in the area. And the Jews of Banu Nadir, they were shooting them with arrows from above. So the Prophet ﷺ ordered for those palm trees to be cut down. To be cut down and to be burned. And when the Jews of Banu Nadir, they saw their palm trees being cut down and burned, this really, really scared them. Because these palm trees and their agriculture, this was a huge source of their income. This is where they used to get a lot of their income from these trees. So when these trees were being cut down and burned by the Muslims, then the Jews, they started to panic. And then they realized that the promises of Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul, they were all baseless and false promises as well. He didn't send anyone to help them. So now the Jews realized that they were in a very difficult situation and they were distraught at this. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put fear into the hearts of these Jews of Banu Nadir. He put fear into their hearts. And after six nights of this siege, the Jews of Banu Nadir, they finally agreed to surrender. And they negotiated a deal with the Prophet ﷺ to leave Al Madinah and they asked for permission to take their belongings. The Prophet ﷺ gave them permission to take whatever belongings they could put on their animals. But he said that they are not allowed to take any weaponry. You can take whatever belongings you can put on your camels, but you are not allowed to take any weaponry. No shields, no swords, no weaponry. So they agreed to these conditions and they were exiled from al Madina. So no fighting actually took place. And the Jews of Banu Nadir were exiled from al Madina. So now two of the three tribes of Jews that were in Medina, they have been exiled from al Madina. First Banu Qaynuqa, they were exiled. And now Banu Nadir has also been exiled. So Banu Nadir, they left Medina. A group of them went to Asham. A group of them went to the greater Syria area. And another group of them went to Khaybar. And when Banu Nadir arrived in Khaybar, they became the leaders of the Jews of Khaybar. Because Banu Nadir, they were actually the leaders or the mo considered the most honorable of the Jews in the whole Arabian Peninsula. So when they came to Khaybar and they settled in Khaybar, they became the leaders of Khaybar. So now, out of the three tribes of Jews that were in Medina, two have been expelled and only one remained. And that was the tribe of Banu Quraidha. Regarding Banu Nadir and the exile of Banu Nadir, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed a whole surah about this incident. And that is Surah Al-Hashr. So if you know about this history and you know about this incident in the seerah, then you will have a better understanding of Surah al Hashr. And Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu, he used to call Surah Al-Hashr 
Surah Bani Nadir. This is the Surah about the tribe of Bani Nadir. So if you look at the tafsir of Surah Al-Hashr and you read into it and you know these incidents that took place in the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ, you will be able to understand the, the meaning of this surah in a better way. Surah Al-Hashr was revealed regarding the incident of Banu Nadir. So after this expulsion of Banu Nadir, after Banu Nadir left al Madina, there was another expedition that took place and this expedition is known as Ghazwa Dhatir Riqa' the expedition of the rags and it is known as the expedition of the rags because the Muslims they had to actually walk a very long distance in this expedition over very rough terrain so their shoes became damaged so to protect their feet they wrapped their feet with these rags to protect their feet while walking so this ghazwa or this expedition became known as ghazwat dhatir riqa' So this expedition was between the Muslims and the tribe of Ghatafan. The tribe of Ghatafan, they had a plan to attack Medina. And when the Prophet ﷺ received this news, the Prophet ﷺ prepared his army to go and face them. So the Prophet ﷺ prepared his army and they went towards Ghatafan. When the Muslims reached they saw that Ghatafan had prepared a huge army. They had prepared a very big army. So they, the Muslims didn't want to assault them first because that army was huge. And the tribe of Ghatafan, they also didn't want to launch the first assault on the Muslims because they were afraid. Even though the Muslims were lesser in number, they knew about what happened at Badr and they knew that the Muslims, even with a small number are able to defeat larger numbers. They knew about the Muslims' bravery and their courage and their strength. So both sides had kind of a standoff. Neither side wanted to launch the attack on the other side. The Muslims didn't want to launch the attack on Ghatafan because of the huge number of soldiers at Ghatafan. And Ghatafan didn't want to launch the initial assault on the Muslims because they were afraid of the Muslims boldness and their courage and their strength so it was a standoff neither side was ready to attack the other side and this standoff lasted actually for days so one day Ghatafan had an idea they said okay we will attack the Muslims when they are praying when they are praying they will not be paying attention to what's going on around them and that is our opportunity to go and to attack them so they made this plan but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the Salatul Khawf. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the verses of how to pray when you are in a situation where you fear the enemy. So a group will pray with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa while another group guards. And then that group who guarded, they will pray with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa while the group that already prayed with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa now they will trade places and they will guard. So there will always be security and there will be safety even when the Muslims are praying. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed these verses of how to pray in this type of a situation. So Ghatafan, they tried to attack at the time of Salah, but they were not able to do anything because the Muslim guards were there while the prayer was going on. 
So this standoff, it lasted for a while. Finally, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala struck fear into the hearts of Ghatafan and Ghatafan, they just ran away. They fled. They ran away into the mountains. And the Prophet and the Muslims, they stayed in the land of Ghatafan for a few days to make their presence known. So the Muslims were victorious in that battle and the soldiers of Ghatafan, they fled. So after the Prophet ﷺ made his presence known in that area for a while, the Prophet ﷺ and his army, they left on the way back to Al-Madinah. And one man from Ghatafan followed them. One man from this tribe of Ghatafan followed the Muslims while they were on their way back to Al-Madinah. And the reason why this man followed them was because he swore, he swore an oath that he would spill Muslim blood. This disbeliever from Ghatafan, he vowed and he swore an oath that he uh, swore an oath that he would spill Muslim blood. So he didn't want the Muslims to leave back to Medina without him having fulfilled his oath. So he followed them actually on their way back to Al Medina. While the Muslims were on their way and nightfall came, the Muslims set up camp, and Ammar ibn Yasir and Abbad ibn Bishr. They were assigned guard duty. They were assigned to take shifts to guard in the night. So Ammar would guard and when he was tired and when he needed to rest, Abbad would guard. So when Ammar was resting, Abbad ibn Bishr, he was guarding to make sure that the coast is clear and everything is safe while the Muslims are sleeping in the camp. So when he saw that it seems like everything is peaceful and there is no imminent danger Abad decided to pray while he was on guard duty he thought that he would use the time to pray so he started to pray his salah now this disbeliever from Ghatafan who had followed them he saw the situation and he saw the Muslim camp and he saw this man Abad ibn Bishr praying so he shot an arrow at him and when he shot the arrow it hit Abad ibn Bishr while he was praying and Abad ibn Bishr, he very calmly just took out the arrow from his body and he continued to pray. Now this disbeliever from Ghatafan, he didn't understand what he saw. He said, I must have missed him because he's still in the same position. I thought I hit him, but I guess I missed him. So he shot another arrow and he hit him again. And Abad again, he took out that arrow very calmly and he continued to pray. Now this disbeliever from Ghatafan, he's very confused. What is going on here? I think I hit him, but it doesn't look like I hit him. He's still in the same position. So he shot him again with the third arrow. And then when he shot him with the third arrow, Abad ibn Bishr, he quickly finished his prayer. He didn't cut his prayer. He quickly finished his prayer and he woke up Ammar, that there is an enemy in the midst. And then when Ammar woke up, this kafir realized that he had been discovered and he ran away. So Ammar, he asked Abad, he said, you have been hit three times. Why didn't you wake me up earlier? And Abad said, I was reciting some verses of the Quran and I didn't want to cut off my recitation. Subhanallah, shot with three arrows and he doesn't want to interrupt his recitation of the Quran. He said, I didn't want to interrupt my recitation of the Quran. This is the love that these companions of the Prophet ﷺ had for the word of Allah. 
the respect that they had for the word of Allah. That they wouldn't even cut off the recitation of the Quran, even if arrows were entering their body. Subhanallah. This was the situation of the Sahaba, the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So these are some of the events that took place after the Battle of Uhud and before the Battle of Khandaq. And inshallah next week we will speak about some more incidents that took place between between these two battles bi'idhnillah. Wallahu alam sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.